Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ichi, and welcome to What Happened Again podcast. Hey everyone, we're back today with our Oscar series, and today's episode will be on Little Women. As always, this episode will be a summary of the movie as well as my reviews and thoughts at the end. And if you have already seen the movie and you don't want to go through the summary, in my description below, I'll have a timestamp that you guys can skip to so you guys can go straight to my thoughts and review. And as always, the summary portion and the thoughts and review portion will all have spoilers in them. And so if you haven't seen the movie and you want to watch it spoiler free, please stop the podcast right now, go back and watch the movie, and then come back to hear my thoughts. And so with that, let's begin. This movie goes back and forth between the present and the past and follows the life of two families, the March family and the Lawrence family. And so the main character is Joe March, and she has three sisters, Amy, Meg, and Beth. And they live with their mother, and their father is away at war. Their neighbors, Mr. Lawrence and his grandson, Lori, are very wealthy and very close to the March family. And so the movie begins in the present, which in this movie is like 1868, and all of the sisters in the March family are living their own lives. And so there's Joe, and she is a teacher at a boarding school in New York. And sometimes she'll even sell her stories to newspapers to make some extra money. And then there's Meg, who is the eldest sister. And she has gotten married. She has a family, kids, a house. But she's still struggling financially. And so she's oftentimes like envious of her friends whenever they can afford things and she can't. Amy is off in France right now with her aunt. And she's dating a really rich man who she hopes to get engaged to. And while she's in France, she comes across Lori, their childhood friend and neighbor, and he tells her that he is traveling alone. Finally, their last sister, Beth, is still at home with their mother, and she is sick. Back in New York, Joe befriends a man named Frederick, but after she trusts him enough to read her stories, and he tells her that he does not like them, she gets really, really upset with him, and so she gets a letter saying that Beth is really sick, and decides to move back home. And so we go back to the past, I think we go back like seven years, to when they were all together, and this is when the Lawrence family and the March family first meet. And so Joe and Meg leave to go to a really elegant party, leaving Amy and Beth behind at home. And the family is not very rich, and so Meg is giving Joe all of these rules on how to properly behave, showing that she's trying her best to fit into like the elegant crowd. And so Meg starts dancing, and Joe's left to the sideboard, and she decides to like roam around and finds his side room. And so there she finds Lori sitting alone, and they meet for the first time. They both say that they don't like this party and go outside and dance together instead. And so it's a cute moment. They are dancing by the windows, but they don't want to be seen by the people inside. And so they wait for everyone to turn their heads and then they'll dance past the windows and they'll hide again. And so they're having fun on their own until Meg tells them that she hurt her foot and she needs to go home. And so Lori helps them go back to their house where he meets the rest of the family and realizes how cozy their family is. And so again, this is the first introduction of these two families. And so one Christmas, the girls run downstairs for Christmas breakfast and they have like all this food on the table, but their mother tells them that there was another poor woman in a house nearby with a lot of children and they only share one room and has no food. And so at first the girls are reluctant, but then they pack up all the food and they bring it over to the other family and they just spread the joy to those who are more in need. And so as they're doing this, Lori sees them from the window of his house and the Lawrence family provides a feast for the March family as they return home. So one day at school, Amy is drawing a silly picture of her teacher, 
And when he sees it, she's hit by him and so scared to go home because she knows she'll be in trouble. And so she goes to Lori's house and is crying outside. And Lori is in the middle of a Latin study session with his tutor, John, and notices her crying and invites her inside. And it was a really funny scene because he says, like, are you crying? And she goes, no, I'm Amy. And he's like, hello, I'm Lori. I know, you brought my sister back after the dance. I would have never sprained my ankle. I have lovely small feet, the best in the family. And so it's just like a really weird thing for her to say. It was like really funny. But he brings her inside. And then later on, the rest of the family eventually comes to pick her up. And they are astonished by Lori's huge house. Because remember, he's like very wealthy. And so this is also the first time everyone properly meets each other. Last time when Lori came over, they were so worried about Meg's foot that they kind of just quickly introduced each other and didn't really get to talk. And so now they're finally talking and... Joe and Lori are talking about all the books in the house and Joe is infatuated with the books while Lori is infatuated with her and Meg meets the tutor John and they begin to flirt. Amy is whining about her hand and Joe seems to be slightly annoyed and Meg is sympathetic and the mother is just calm and lighthearted during the situation and she tells Lori that if he ever got in trouble he would always be welcome at their house and he responds that they are always welcome at his house to borrow a book, look at art, whatever it may be. And Beth is not with them because she is shy, but it's made known that she plays the piano, so Mr. Lawrence encourages them to bring her over one day to play his piano. And this scene is the main point when they all, you know, really become friends. And so there are more scenes from the past that are shown in this movie to flesh out the characters and, like, the dynamics between everybody. And so the girls would always put on plays that Joe would write, and each of them had their own talent. So again, Joe would write them, Beth would compose some music, Amy would create some costumes, and Meg would be the star actress. And so they're very, very close to each other. And one day, they're discussing whether to let Lori into their club. And when he joins, there is a scene that's full of laughter and innocence, just like what some of us might imagine if we think back to our childhood friends and playing at their house. And so there is a memory where, although sisters, Joe and Amy's relationship wasn't always perfect. And so one night, Joe and Meg get invited to a show with Lori and John, and Amy begs them to come with them. Joe says that she wasn't invited and they leave her and Beth at home. It's during this play that love begins to blossom because John offers up his arm for Meg and she accepts it. And Lori tries to do the same, but Joe plays it off with a playful punch and like runs off. But back at home and furious, Amy goes upstairs to find the novel that Joe had been writing and burns up every single page. And so when Joe comes home and can't find her novel, she realizes what Amy has done and gets into a fight, claiming that she'll never forgive her. Joe's really upset and she even goes as far as to like move places at the table so she doesn't have to sit next to Amy until one day Lori invites Joe to go ice skating. Amy really wants to come but Joe ignores her and runs off with Lori and as they're skating on the ice Lori tells her that the ice in the center is dangerous so stay to the side but Joe doesn't tell Amy as she is running behind them trying to catch up. So they're skating along and Amy is skating behind them and she's skating towards the middle, of course, and so the ice cracks and she falls into the water. And that's when Joe and Lori rush over to rescue her. And when she's out, Joe hugs her and apologizes, you know. And she's really upset with herself because if Amy had died, it would have been all her fault. And so another memory highlights Beth's soft nature as she's invited by Mr. Lawrence to play the piano at his house. She needs a guarantee from him that no one will be around to hear her because she's very shy. And so she comes over and begins to play. And unknown to her, Mr. Lawrence is actually sitting on the stairs listening and crying because it reminds him of his lost daughter. And later on in the movie, she receives a beautiful piano as a gift from him. 
Another memory highlights Meg and her struggles with how people view her and her feelings towards her economic class. And so previously in the film, she has mentioned before that she's sick of being really poor. And so she gets sent off to an event for a week where many young men and women will be together and she hopes to find someone she can marry since that's the lesson that she's been taught by her aunt. And so her aunt is a very firm believer that women can't make money on their own unless they're like an absolute genius or a renowned actress. And so most women have to marry rich in order to ever be rich. And so she goes to this event and definitely does not fit in. You know, all the girls are talking about what dress to wear to the dance at night. And she says that she'll just wear the one she's currently wearing because she only has one dress. And so everyone's like, she can't do that. And another girl offers up her dress for her to borrow. And so now she's at this dance and she's charming a lot of men. And then out of nowhere, Lori comes as a surprise. And so she's really happy to see him at first. But then she's really offended because he doesn't like the person that she's presenting herself to be. I think the other girls call her Daisy and he's like, why are they calling you Daisy? Meg's a perfectly good name. He doesn't like the dress that she has borrowed because there's too much fluff and she really isn't acting like herself. And he says, you don't think you'll actually marry one of these men, do you? And, you know, he then says like, I wonder what John would say or I wonder what your family would say. And so he makes her feel bad and ashamed. But later on, he apologizes and Meg says that if he lets her play this part for this one night, then she'll be awfully good for the rest of her life. And so one day, the family is contacted that the father has returned but is really sick. So their mother goes off to help him, leaving the girls alone at the house. They're all working to keep things in order, but they've been neglecting their duties to visit the house of the poor mother and her children, which I assume they've been doing ever since that Christmas morning. And so Beth decides that she'll just go on her own, but unfortunately, one of those children had the scarlet fever and gave it to Beth. And so now Beth is really ill, and Amy is sent away to her aunt's house because she is the only one who hasn't had it before, so she needs to be isolated. Meg and Joe tend to Beth, and the mother comes back to help as well. And luckily, she gets better, and by the next Christmas, their father returns. Finally, their childhood seems to come to an end as Meg and John get married. And remember, John is Lori's tutor, and so he doesn't have much money on his own. And Joe also really disapproves of this marriage because she thought that Meg had the potential to become a great actress. Remember, she was like the great actress in all of their plays together. And so she says that it would tie Meg down and Meg wouldn't be able to live out her potential to be great if she got married. And she tells Meg, like, we can still run away. We can get out of this. And Meg says, my dreams are different than yours and that she's in love with John and is very happy to be his wife. And she wants a house and she wants kids and she wants a family. And she would struggle financially every day of her life if that meant she could marry John. So then they get married and during the wedding, it is revealed that Amy would be going abroad with their aunt to Europe. And so Joe's frustrated with everything and she goes off and is ranting about all of it to Lori. But Lori looks at her as if he's about to confess his feelings. And she says like, oh no, don't do it. Don't. But Lori can't contain it anymore and confesses that he has loved her from the moment he saw her and that they could be happy together and he just keeps repeating over and over that he loves her. And she's just really shocked right now and doesn't believe that she will ever get married and doesn't believe that she would be compatible with him since so she hates the elegant life and he would get really annoyed with her scribbling stories all day. And so having been rejected, he says, one day you'll be married and you'll be happy and I will stand there and watch as he walks away. And we know that he doesn't contact her or they don't stay in contact because it's said throughout the film that Joe would write letters to him and that he would not respond. And so now that brings us back to the present. And like I said, Joe was in New York, but she has come back because Beth is sick. 
Meg is married to John and has children, but is still struggling financially. And Amy is abroad in France trying to get engaged to a rich man named Fred. And so in the present, we still get glimpses of each of the sisters' lives to see how they're doing. And so we see that Meg still has issues with being poor because her friends peer pressure her into buying really expensive fabric for a dress, even though she knows that John needs a new coat for the winter and they can't afford it. There is a scene of them discussing finances and he is shocked by the price. He says it's understandable since making the dress won't be cheap, but then she corrects him by saying that the price isn't even for the dress, it's just for the fabric. She then goes to explain that she hates it when her friends can't afford things and she can't, and she hates being poor. And so he walks away and goes to bed and he's really sad and he says something like, I'm sorry that you are unhappy and that I can't give you what you want. However, after a while, on a later day, he comes to her and says that she should go ahead and make the dress because his old coat will be fine for the winter. He wants her to have all the nice things that she wants, but then she says that she can't because she actually sold the fabric so they can have the money that they need to buy, you know, things that they actually need. And so she isn't unhappy with him and she is reminded of how much she loves him and continues to want this life. And so now Joe is back at home and is caring for Beth because Beth's scarlet fever has returned. She reads to her by the ocean, she cares for her, just as she has done in the past, but this time, rather than waking up and finding her downstairs eating breakfast like she did before with the first time, she wakes up and finds that Beth has passed away. She's distraught and she is talking to her mother, and her mother tells her that Amy has been notified and that her and Lori are returning home. Joe then thinks back to the time that Lori confessed to her, and she wonders if she was too quick to reject him. Her mother asks her if she loves him, and she says that she doesn't know, but she does know that she wants to be loved. She then cries, and she has this moment where she says that she hates the idea of women needing to be in love and needing to get married because she thinks that women can be more than just that, and they can be great on their own. But then she reveals to everyone that she's been so lonely. She writes a letter to Lori saying how she misses him and is excited for him to come back and puts it in this hidden mailbox that only the sisters and Lori have the keys to as she awaits for their return. And so back in France, Amy spends time with Lori and he tells her that he doesn't want her to marry Fred because she doesn't love him. She says that it's an economic choice and repeats what her aunt told her about how she has to do this if she ever wants to be rich. Lori tells her that she could be with him and Amy gets very upset because she has always loved Lori but Lori has always put her second to Joe. However, after thinking it over, when Fred proposes to her, she rejects him and looks for Lori. She tells him that she rejected Fred and they kiss. And so they come back home and Lori first meets with Joe while Amy is at Meg's house. He tells her that he has married Amy and Joe is obviously very taken aback. And he says, I just want to say this and I'll never bring it up again. I have always loved you, but the love I have for Amy is different. And so now everyone is back at the house and Joe comes downstairs to see Amy and her face is obviously saying that she knows what happened. And so Amy is so worried that Joe would be upset, but Joe tells her that she's not and they share a hug. Joe then goes back to the mailbox and throws away the letter that she wrote to Lori. With a spark of inspiration, she goes upstairs and begins to write all day and all night the beginning chapters of a novel about her family and all that they've been through. She sends them to a publisher, but that publisher is unimpressed with the book. Later... Frederick from the boarding school, the man who told Joe that he didn't like her stories, comes by to eat at the house because he says he's headed towards California to teach and wanted to say goodbye. In another scene, the publisher's daughters find the chapters that Joe had sent them and loves them, telling the publisher that he needs to get this story finished. He contacts Joe and says that the story is good, but the main character needs to get married. 
Joe says it isn't necessary, but he says it's what the people want and it has to happen for him to publish the book. They negotiate the details, and then there's a scene when she's watching her book being made. And so the next two scenes in the movie were like fantasy-like, and so I'm, I'm unsure if they were real to the story of the movie or fabricated to be an ending of the book. But after Frederick leaves the house, everyone encourages Joe to run after him because she clearly loves him. There's a scene when they first met, and she lit up and was instantly interested. And so they go on a chase to find him at the train station, and when she finally finds him, she kisses him. The next dreamlike sequence is when, after her aunt dies, she inherits the house and turns it into a school. And so the scene is of her walking through the school with children running everywhere, and she sees all her friends and family helping as teachers and mentors. Everyone's laughing and smiling, and it just seems like a very, you know, happily ever after moment. And so the last scene of the movie is of Joe continuing to watch her book being made, and finally someone hands her a copy of it, and the movie ends right there. And so let's get into my thoughts and reviews on this movie. And so I want to start out with my segment called Facepalm. And normally Facepalm would be moments in a movie that were just like really bad. Like it should not have been in the movie. It didn't fit at all. But for this movie, there weren't any moments that were particularly bad. And there weren't any moments that didn't fit in the movie. And so today the segment's going to be called Facepalm slash Yikes. Like moments in the movie that weren't bad, but if I was in that moment with those characters around me and I saw that happening, I'd be like, yikes. And so I have a whole list here. They're not in chronological order, and so I'm just going to read them off to you. And so the first is Joe cutting off all her hair because she wanted to donate, you know, money to her mother. And then she's like, oh yeah, this is fine. This is great. And then she's sitting in the stairway and she's crying about it. And, you know, everyone's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she goes, my hair. And then there's a scene when, you know, Lori is like, oh, marry me. And Amy's like, don't do that. Don't do that because I've loved you all my life. And it comes to the scene when Amy is like making a mold of her feet. And she says, you know, I'm going to make a mold of my feet to give to Lori to remind him of my lovely feet or something like that. Like, that was just like, what? And then there's a scene with Meg and John and John walks away saying, you know, I'm sorry, I can't give you the things you want. Like, that was a yikes moment. And it wasn't just like a yikes in my head. I went to the movies with a lot of my friends and some of them are more audible movie theaters than others. And, you know, I think all of us were just like, oof, when that scene came on. Another yikes moment is when Amy burns the novel after Joe doesn't let her go to the show with them. Or when Lori kissed Amy after she said that she wasn't marrying Fred. Or, you know, when Lori married Amy. As you can sense, a lot of these are about Amy. Another yikes moment was when Joe was writing that letter to Lori and put it in the secret mailbox to find out that Lori had already married Amy. Like when he said, my wife, I was so sad. And yeah, I was just like, girl, take that letter out of the mailbox. You have to now. That would be so embarrassing. There's a scene when Amy says, you know, I have the best feet in the family when she's crying and stuff. Like <laughs> that was a really what the heck kind of moment. And when Lori's confessing his love and he says, you know, is that all? And she says, yes. And he like turns around to leave. And then she says, but, and he like turns back around and you can see all the hope that he has in his eyes. But, you know, she still doesn't tell him what he wants to hear. That was another yikes moment. And one of the biggest yikes was when Amy gets to go to Europe, even though, you know, Aunt March had asked Joe to go first. And so they're at the wedding and Amy's like, guess what? Aunt March is going to Europe. And Joe says, and she's taking me with her. And Amy's like, Oh no, she's taking me. 
like <laughs> another very audible yikes moment from my friends. And then, of course, there's a scene when Amy rejects Fred and she's running to look for Laurie and she goes back and she's like, Aunt March, where's Laurie? And Aunt March is like, oh, he's gone. And luckily that situation ended well for her because she does eventually get to marry Laurie. But if Laurie had actually left and she just rejected Fred for nothing, that would have been a huge yikes. And so next is just going to be my overall thoughts for the film. And so all of these moments that I just listed, as I was watching them in the theater, it made me think that I didn't actually like the film. And so that was my reaction when I first came out. And so a bit about me, I am the person in the audience that wants the main character to have a love interest. <laughs> like, I hate to admit it, but I am. And so the whole movie is about how women don't need to get married and that they can be great on their own. And although I agree with all those statements, I couldn't help but be like, get married, please get married. I just wanted Joe to be with someone at the end. And the whole time I wanted Lori and Joe to be together. And so the whole scene with Joe regretting her decision and then putting the letter in the mailbox, I could just like feel the momentum of a really great love story. But then he comes home and tells her that he got married to Amy. And I had been annoyed with Amy the entire movie. And so when he married Amy, I was not happy. I was like, screw Amy, screw Frederick. It's Lori and Joe and nothing else. And so that's why, yeah, when I came out of the theater, I was like, I did not like this movie at all. But then I let it marinate in my head and I discussed it with my friends and heard their thoughts. And then I was just like going over the movie and I realized my whole opinion of the movie was due to my like huge disappointment that Lori and Joe didn't get together. But like that in itself does not speak to the whole movie. And so I thought about it more. And especially when I was like writing out, you know, the bullet points for the summary, I was just thinking that this movie is actually really great. And I really, really did enjoy this film because, you know, this movie was just more complicated than two people getting together. And so this movie was able to flesh out so many characters and gave them growth or like most of them at least. And so Joe had her growth, you know, by questioning whether she could be great as a woman and not knowing if she could or would ever want to get married. And then, you know, she found that she's open to the idea of getting married, but she still doesn't need to in order to be great. And then you have Meg's journey with her living her whole life chasing after another person's life. You know, she wanted the money. She wanted all the elegant stuff that everyone else had. She finally realized that the man she married in the life she chose is the one that she wants to live. And so I think the only sister, I mean, aside from Beth, because Beth's life was cut short, so we didn't get to see, you know, her growth as much. But I think the only sister that didn't have that much growth was Amy. Like, she matured, sure. You know, she wasn't whiny like the little girl that she was in the past. But Joe makes a comment in the movie that Amy has never had to endure the hard stuff. And so when Beth was sick the first time, Amy was sent to live at her aunt's house. And so she didn't have to take care of her. And then, you know, when Beth is sick the second time, Amy is abroad, and so she still doesn't have to take care of her. And she also was not told anything from the letters because no one wanted to worry her. And although she didn't marry Fred for his money because she didn't love him, the man that she married was also really rich. So it just seemed like things sort of just went easier for her than they did for the other sisters. And I was thinking whether or not I truly believed Lori and Joe were meant to be together. Because again, during the movie, I was very much like Laurie and Joe need to end up together. And after thinking about it, you know, I still do if Laurie was truly genuine in what he said. For Joe, I think the idea of a woman being lesser than a man and submitting to a husband if she were to get married is what scared her away in the beginning. 
But the idea of loving someone and wanting to spend their lives together as equals is what she came to realize at the end. But when Laurie was confessing his feelings, he said things like, I gave up so much for you. I gave up this hobby and this, which is fine. I was happy to do it. And so if he was truly happy to change for her, then I think they would have worked out as a couple. But if he truly wasn't happy with giving up those things and those desires resurfaced into their marriage, then I think there would have been a problem. I still don't think that Lori and Amy should have been together though. It is obvious from the second she sees Lori that Amy loves him. You know, how she begs to go with them to events, how she chased after them while ice skating. She always wanted to be around him, but he always chose Joe. And so although she has always loved him, I didn't feel that from him. So it seemed more of a rebound thing than anything. It also seemed really weird that they got married while traveling back after the news that their sister died. I thought that was just like really weird timing. But you know, Lori and Amy seemed happy when they came back. And so I guess it all worked out for Amy. Good for them. And so this movie to me isn't as entertaining as, you know, movies like Knives Out where there was like a thriller suspense factor pulling you in. But as I went back and thought about it more, there are just so many scenes that are just so well done and really great. And to me, some movies are usually good as a whole, but they don't have a distinct scene that I love. So like movies like The Social Network or Record Ralph, they are really good films, but they also have like one or two scenes where you think back to them and you just get chills because they're so good. And so this movie definitely gave me, you know, some of those scenes. And so now we're going to go into my segment called Obsessed. And these are scenes that I was like absolutely obsessed with. And these are the scenes I was talking about where, you know, when I think back to them, I get chills because they're just so good. And so my favorite scene in the whole movie is when, you know, John goes to Meg and tells her that she can make the dress because he would just continue to wear his old coat. And then she says that she can't because she sold the fabric to get the money back. And then she assures John that although they don't have much, she is so glad to be his wife and that she loves the life that they have. It was such a cute moment and it was such like a pure love story. And again, my friends, they love that kind of stuff. And so all of us were just like freaking out when this happened because it was just so pure and so cute. And so the next thing that I'm obsessed with is actually one with Amy in it. And even though Amy wasn't my favorite, I do have to shout out the scene that she does in France. And so Lori's in the room with her and he says that he doesn't think that she should marry Rich if she doesn't love him. And so then she turns to him and says, well, I'm not a poet, I'm just a woman. And as a woman, I have no way to make money, not enough to earn a living and support my family. Even if I had my own money, which I don't, it would belong to my husband the minute we were married. If we had children, they would belong to him, not me. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. And so I'm not extremely into movies where they put in social one-liners and force it onto the audience. Like I watched this one movie and don't get me wrong, I agree with this statement, but the character turns to the camera and says, girls can do whatever boys can. And it just like wasn't organic, it wasn't natural, it just felt put in there just to have. And so whenever I hear those one-liners, I like wince and I'm like, yikes, like that's true, but like the way that you executed it was so bad. But here, it was just such a statement that sometimes women aren't equal in certain situations, but it was delivered and done so perfectly that I felt it. Like I felt her anger, I felt her struggle, and I loved it. And so the last scene I was obsessed with was when Joe's talking to her mother and she thinks back to when Lori confessed to her and she wonders if she made a mistake by rejecting him so soon. And, you know, her mother is saying, like, do you love him? And she's saying that she's so lonely and that she loves the idea of being loved. And then she says, 
Women have minds and souls as well as hearts, ambition and talent as well as beauty, and I'm so sick of being told that love is all a woman is fit for, but I'm so lonely. There are just so many conflicting feelings in this scene, and such a great performance from Saoirse Ronan. We see her this whole movie reject the idea of love, reject the idea of marriage, and can't compromise on being great and being married. But here, you see that she wants to be great, and believes that she can, but now she's conflicted because she is open to the idea of love, and is worried that she just lost her chance. And so those are three really amazing scenes. You know, definitely when I think back, I'll just be getting chills. You know, those are the scenes that I would probably put into like a movie montage of like, you know, best scenes of the year or something. And so we're going to go to my segment called Quote of the Movie. And my favorite quote of the whole movie is the one that I just mentioned above with Amy and Lori and the um, economic proposition. Um, because I just read it, I won't read it to you guys again. But I love this line so much because when you watch the scene, you don't really think it'll end up that way. Like, it's just a friendly conversation between them about Fred and Lori's just giving his opinion. And then Amy gets really offended and she sternly, you know, is putting him in his place and saying all of these things. And I just remember sitting in the theater thinking like, oh, wow. And so my last segment of, you know, my review will be my ranking. And so again, no numerical rankings. I put them into buckets and the buckets are love, great, good, like, all right, apathetic, and bad. And so before I planned out this episode, I had this movie sitting in my like bucket. But then as I was thinking through the summary, you know, reliving the movie in my head, I have decided to place it in the good category. And so I've said a lot of good things about this movie, but it's just not a movie that I would be putting on if I wanted to be like super entertained and watch something while I was like on my phone or at a movie night. But if someone wanted to watch it, I would definitely watch it with them. And I do hope that I can rewatch this movie soon. I really did enjoy it. And so now it'll be sitting in my good bucket. But I don't know, like it moved the bucket up already. And it's only been like two days since I've seen it. And the more that I think about it, and if I rewatch it again, who knows, it might go higher and higher. But right now it'll be in my good bucket. And so that's it for Little Women. Thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed it. Next, we'll be continuing on the Oscar series. And the next movie will be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so I hope you stay tuned and I hope to see you soon.